1: hello everyone good afternoon from italy and i guess we're all located in italy right barbara is it right are you still here i am still here yes okay okay so um so yeah good afternoon everyone so today this is our 121st episode on Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. So it's been really a while now and everybody loves this show. It's still the favorite show on Italian Wine Podcast. So basically we don't have a lot of people now in the audience, but we are recording this and we will put it up on Italian Wine Podcast. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, even Himalaya all the way to China. So wherever you get your pods, we are there. For today's clubhouse we have Barbara before I I begin asking you Barbara I will be introducing you to the audience so she has a career of nearly two decades in the wine industry and she is specializing in D2C marketing and business development so recently you've talked about your specialization on wine to wine business forum just this (laughs) week so how did that go tell us more about it It went really
0: well. I want to say thank you again to Stevie and the whole Wine to Wine team for inviting me to be there because it's such, uh, I think, an exciting avenue for Italian wineries right now. There is so much potential. So it felt like, you know, so buzzy to talk about it all. Um, And it was so great to meet so many people who had questions about this and interest in starting it for their own wineries. So yeah, I was very happy to be there.
1: Thanks also for sharing that with, of course, our Italian wine producers who actually wanted to hear more about D2C. Barbara actually is part of the fourth generation of Italian-American family among the California wine industry pioneers. And she's a graduate from Syracuse University and returned to California to gain diverse industry perspectives from a range of wineries. So she's our Italian wine ambassador, and she brings... Her expertise on Italian wine market and coaching wineries in Italy and U.S. strategically about the D2C channel in line with their brand values. So together with her husband, they own and operate a boutique wine production company and a small import company specializing in Italian wine to the U.S. Okay, Barbara, so why did you select for today Marco Mascellani as your favorite producer?
0: Well, I have a real love and soft spot in my heart for winemakers from Puglia and producing indigenous Pugliese grapes because I feel I spend a lot of time in Puglia and I feel like the world deserves to know that this is a place with quality grapes, great wines, wines with a true sense of place And I want the world to know these stories.
1: Yeah, actually I'm sure. I I, there's really a lot. Actually my first favorite wine is from Puglia. And I look yeah, so I I bet there's there's really a lot Italian winemakers from Puglia to show out there to the world. So what are the learning objectives that we should expect from this interview?
0: As I already touched on, first and foremost, I really want people to understand more fully the quality potential of wines from Puglia, as well as the wide range of grapes and styles. So hopefully you'll leave today knowing that Puglia isn't just Primitivo. I think we'll also learn specifically about Marco's path to wine, which is really unique and really of value for anyone interested in pursuing a career that maybe doesn't come from a a wine family background or a multi-generational foundation, and Marco's also a consulting winemaker, so that's the last thing we'll be able to learn more about today is what that looks like in Italy um, and the kind of potential that that position has, again, for somebody interested in in pursuing it.
1: Okay, so lastly, how did you discover the wines of Livelli?
0: As I said, I'm in Puglia a lot. So I live in Puglia for about three months out of the year. Um, so I first discovered Livelli back in twenty. 20- 15. Um, It was a verdeca that I had from them and it was so bright and fresh and was the perfect antidote to the like 40 degree summer day. Um, And then I just kind of started falling in love with them. Every time I found them on a list, I would try them. I love also to just share the wines of Puglia with the world. And Puglia does not pay me to say this. I really, it's truly from the heart that I want people to know how wonderful Puglia is
1: okay okay um so i wanted to also congratulate marco because it's his first time on clubhouse (laughs) he wouldn't be on clubhouse without us so yeah so i will mute myself and then now the floor is yours then great marco are you ready
2: yes i'm ready i'm
0: here
1: hi barbara hi it's so great to talk to you again
0: um i'm gonna share a little bit of your biography, and then I'll ask you some questions. So you were born in Rome in 1981, and after high school, you studied viticulture and enology at the University of Perugia. Graduated in 2005 with a thesis on um, Sagrantino's micro-oxygenation, which is so fascinating. Then in 2008, you moved to Puglia. You became the winemaker at Leone de Castres Winery, a very historical winery in Puglia, uh, and in 2019, you decided to work as a consulting winemaker. So you started collaborating with several wineries in regions all around central and southern Italy. In 2018, you were nominated by Food and Travel as one of the three best winemakers of the year. Congratulations. And in 2019, you were awarded by Vinaway as the best young Italian winemaker. Uh, and in 2021, Municipality of Guagnano appointed you as Negro Maro Ambassador I think it's really great too that you collaborate with the University of Salento on several research projects that aim to enhance native grapes in the area. Uh, and you want everyone to know that you love your wife and your two Apulian children <laughs> and that you hate wines with low acidity. <laughs> I have to say, I'm right there with you.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. It's true. It's me. It's me.
0: Uh... <laughs> Well, let's let's get right into it because I mentioned a little bit, um, you know, in the learning objectives that you have a really interesting path to wine. So you're the first person in your family to work mm-hmm. in wine. So can you tell us a little bit first, uh, what is your background? And second, why did you decide to become a winemaker?
2: Well, wow. hi, Barbara. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm very, very glad to be here with you today. And uh, For me, it's uh, it's an honor to be here with you, uh, to be like an ambassador of Italian wine, uh, to gather uh, your help. Uh, yes, it's true. I am um, the first person in my family to work in wine. Uh, everything uh, began when I was... Uh, Seventeen, when my family and I moved from Rome to Umbria. We left a big city uh, to go in a very, very small village uh, called Montecchio, close to Orvieto, because uh, my parents uh, decided to open a restaurant in that year. I've never visited a vineyard until uh, I'm 17. I couldn't imagine to, to be a winemaker. In the year, I... I I went to a to school uh, during the weekend I helped uh, my parents in the restaurant and uh, I liked it, I loved it because uh, I still love to meet new people to talk with uh, uh, with new, new people to have possibility to discover uh, several stories I loved it and uh, that's why I decided when uh, I finished school to work in the restaurant but I wanted to increase the quality of services in our restaurant Uh, And uh, I wanted to to learn more about wine in order to improve our services. And uh, I started a a sommelier course in uh, Perugia. And then my life uh, is changed because... uh, um, I don't remember maybe the second or third lesson we talked about uh, uh, the winemaking uh, practices and uh, I finally love because uh, I could not imagine that uh, inside a wine glass uh, there was uh, so many science, uh, there were so many technologies. For me, uh, it, was, uh, it was like a shock and I decided to leave everything uh, to start my study at the uh, University of Perugia and uh, I decided to be a winemaker.
0: That's wonderful. So then as you started learning more about wine, were there any specific wines that really inspired you or any specific producers that inspired
1: you?
2: Yes, there was another thing that uh, pushed me to make this choice because uh, in the tears in Montecchio, in this little village in which my parents had a restaurant, the Cotarella's family, Riccardo Cotarella and his family, uh, were building uh, their new winery. I remember uh, in the village, uh, a lot of people talked about this uh, and uh, uh, they were very, very excited about uh, this because uh, uh, Riccardo Cotarella was... uh, already was a a very important figure in our world Uh, he was nominated the best winemaker in the world he was considered the revolutionary winemaker for our country i listened all these things about him and when i decided to be a winemaker remember i wanted to try to work with him during the 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 study at the end of my study i Decided to try to ask them if I could uh, do an internship with them and uh, with him, and I started to work uh, with him. In the first moment, uh, inside his winery, Falesco was the name. Uh, in the years now, is called uh, Famiglia Cotarella. From that, uh, I started uh, my collaboration with him. That uh, it lasted uh, for 15 years, and uh, at the moment, I have uh, also some collaboration with him.
0: That is so wonderful. So what grapes was he focusing on in his winery?
2: They grow. Today, uh, a lot of varieties of grapes, like uh, the white Popular grapes of uh, the Terra of uh, Orvieto, and in particular, they believed in uh, Roschetto. That is uh, a white grapes of the higher part of uh, Lazio, because it's, uh, it's very very uh, close to Orvieto. Uh, Roschetto is a typical grapes of the Terra that they rediscovered uh, to make a very important uh, white wine. In the Terra, they grow uh, mainly international grapes uh, like Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, especially.
0: Interesting. I've never heard of that. Rosciotto is that the name of the grape?
2: R- Rosciotto is the name Roschetto. of the grape. Yes. Fascinating. Roschetto, yes. Yes. Yes.
0: So, what kind of wine does it make? Is it aromatic? Is it a tannic white grape? What is it like?
2: They make uh, from the grapes uh, very important, maybe the, the best important white wine of their winery that is called the Ferrentano, is a, a wine with structure and uh, the aged in barrel. Uh, is the best white wine uh, of the of the winery. It's not aromatic yes. uh, grapes.
0: Wonderful. I have a new white wine to try now, so I'll keep an eye out for it. Let's talk a little bit about getting an enology degree in Italy. So, is there some advice you might give to somebody who's considering pursuing that path in university?
2: I studied uh, almost 20 years ago. Surely something changed from that moment. Uh, to get a degree in neurology, you have to study a lot of chemistry and biology and microbiology. I, I studied chemistry of soil, chemistry of wine, biology of the soil, uh, microbiology of the wine, biology of the plant, uh, because uh, it's the base of uh, our study. But uh, something changed in the last 10 years. I think a lot of university changed the approach because uh, it's not only scientific subjects that are really important obviously because you have to know everything about that but uh, also there is more attention uh, on the cultural story of the territory uh, because uh, you know uh, wine is chemistry wine is science but it's also story of people story of territory uh, culture of territories and I noticed that because uh, during the meeting of um, Italian uh, Enologist Associations uh, that is uh, our association a lot of collaboration with the universities uh, all over in the Italy. We do a lot of this uh, kind of uh, meeting uh, in which uh, we also talk about uh, scientific process uh, and uh, scientific subjects, but uh, it's not all it is. Uh, we talk a lot about historical uh, and also the market because uh, if you know everything about the story of the, this territory, you can uh, improve your knowledge and you can uh, understand better also the market trend. It's very important for us.
0: Yes, absolutely. So you are a consulting winemaker. So my first question is, is this a typical position in Italy? Um, and my second question is, you know, how how do you start to familiar? We, we just spoke about how important it is for us to learn the more, um, you know, the humanities of wine as we try to further Italian wine presence around the world. So as you consult for different places, how important, how do you find out what, is important to the territory from that aspect.
2: Yes, I'm consultant winemaker. It's a typical position in Italy because in Italy there are a lot of uh, small wineries. And generally for a small wineries, uh, don't need a figure, a steady job, a winemaker employee, because uh, the activities during the year is not uh, so intense. For them, it's better to have a winemaker consultant. It's typical also because some other wineries, also big wineries, decided to have a consultant winemaker and a winemaker employee, a winemaker of seller, because in their opinion, the figure of consultant can give a value to the winery because the consultant is able to have a lot of experiences, is able to make a lot of harvests in just one season. All these experiences could be a value for the winery in which the consultant work, You can uh, take something from uh, another region, from another people. You can take some idea and you can give this idea in another in another version maybe to another winery. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful net uh, to collaboration between among the wineries in which a consultant can work. And in my opinion, this is the reason why a lot of wineries uh, decide to have uh, this kind of figure.
0: So I was wondering, since you do make wine in in different parts of Italy and even within Puglia, like I'll say the different parts of Puglia are so different. So how are you really learning what is important to each area from the humanities standpoint, you know, from the cultural, the social standpoint, as well as just the science and the soil of the wine?
2: I work in several parts in Italy and I Puglia to every winery in which I work and in each territory in which I work for me it's opportunity to have this relationship with my partner with my I like to say my wineries uh, also if they aren't it's clear because uh, uh, there is uh, a very strong uh, connection uh, with them. When I work uh, in a new territory first of all I, I have to study in a very deep way the territory because uh, I have to know the story uh, of this territory because uh, in my opinion when you, when you know the story of the winery and the territory you have uh, a good chance to achieve an important goal and to achieve your goal that is uh, make uh, a good wine that is able to enhance the territory. This is our our goal. This is my way to work. Because when I go around the wineries and the territories, I always try to enhance enhance in a, in, in the best way possible uh, the territory, truth the grapes that territories are, and the truth the owners with which I work.
0: And I really love that Italian sentiment that wine is not just meant to be beautiful, but it's really meant to valorize the place that it comes from. And I hear you guys talk about that so much. It's such a beautiful sentiment. You don't have to have owned a, a vineyard for, you know, three generations to work at that. You as a consultant can do that as well. Before we shift to our posto del cuore, Puglia, what other regions in Italy have you made wine?
2: I started in Umbria uh, in the first moment in uh, Orvieto era in a uh, wonderful era for uh, white wines uh, uh, but also for red wines uh, because we talked about international grapes like Merlot and Cabernet and then uh, I made uh, wine in Umbria also in the uh, Sagrantino area, because uh, after my internship uh, in uh, Cotarella's family I moved to Montefalco and I worked there for some years in particular with uh, Sagrantino but also with Grechetto that are uh, another wonderful white grapes of Umbria. Since 2008, I've been living in Apulia. I've been working with Apulian grapes. Five years ago, I decided to work as a consultant because I wanted to increase my knowledge, to increase my professional baggages. I decided to work also in other regions, uh, because uh, it's uh, the only way to improve your knowledge. I made wine in Campania, Aglianico, Fiano, Greco, Falanghina, uh, but I make wine in Abruzzo too, in Sicily, Tuscany. Tuscany is uh, the northern uh, region in which I work at the moment. I working in the Chiantis area, I working in Abruzzo in the Colline Pescaresi, in Sicily uh, on the Etna, in uh, several regions, uh, in the central and in the south Italy.
0: That's so amazing to have such experience in so many places. Let's focus now on my, well, I can't say it's my favorite because I love everywhere in Italy, but, you know, my love, Puglia. What inspired you to settle in Puglia?
2: A good question. I don't know. I don't know. It was a natural choice because uh, when I moved here in uh, 15 years ago, Go. I, I thought that it would have been for some years to do an experience. Then I got married, my wife moved from Rome to Apulia, our children are Apulian, were born here. I say we because uh, it was a collect, a familiar choice. No, we didn't say we remain in Apulia, we have to decide. Uh, it was a natural, natural uh, way, maybe because uh, the quality of life is good. Lecce, the is the city in which we live it's a wonderful city i want to live in city because uh, i work uh, in the countryside i go very often uh, in the vineyards uh, in the wineries that uh, very often they are in the countryside and i want to live in the city because i i want uh, I, I need to live in the city lecce is a very very small city because it's um, one hundred thousand. The people it's perfect it's to my size in my opinion it's a good city where the quality of life is good and this is the reason and the winter is wonderful we have to see
0: so maybe you agree with me that it's very easy to fall in love with puglia
2: (laughs) i know because uh, you did the same
0: i did (laughs) almost
2: almost the same thing someday,
0: (laughs) someday it'll be the same but for now it's a good chunk of the year so let's talk a little bit more now about grapes and vineyards and soils. So I don't think people realize maybe how diverse Puglia is from the north of the region to the south of the region. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, Dalmia, Alta Murgia, Murge, Murgia, the Salento? How are these all different from each other, from a soil perspective, from a climate perspective?
2: This is a very, very hard question. I think there isn't enough time to fully yes. answer, but uh, I'm going to try. You can stop me when you are bored, okay? Apulia is very, very big region. No? It's long and tight is like uh, a little Italy. It's a peninsula like Italy and inside Apulia there are uh, several sub-regions in which there are different climates and different soils and different conditions to grow different grapes. We can start our topic about uh, Apulia from uh, Salento Serra. Uh, Salento is uh, the southern part of the region. Uh, Salento included three provinces the the Lecce, uh, Brindisi, that is uh, Lecce is uh, the southern city in the middle uh, of the the end of the land to north of Lecce uh, to in the west coast we have Taranto in the east coast we have Brindisi and there is a, a, like a triangle be among these. Uh, free cities. All this area is called the Salento. Salento, uh, the, the particularity uh, of, uh, of a region, of Apulia, but of, of Italy in general, we can say, because when you talk about uh, Italian wines, Italian grapes, you, you know that uh, one of the strong points of, uh, of Italian wines uh, is biodiversity, because we have a lot of varieties uh, in every regions. Each region has uh, the indigenous grapes. And Apulia, has a lot of indigenous grapes and each province of Apulia has an indigenous grape at least an indigenous grape and this is a, a wonderful opportunity for us that we work with all this diversity the southern part of Salento is the land of Negromaro, all the province of Lecce and also some part of a province of of uh, Brindisi, because uh, there are some villages like uh, Cerlino San Marco, San Donaci, San Pancrazio that are in the province of uh, Brindisi, but uh, are very very important for the cultivation of Negramaro. But also in Salento's area, in the lower Salento, in the land of Negramaro, we can have a different soils. We have the lower part of Salento that is called Grecia Salentina because a lot of influence from Greece. In this area, there are Negramaro like main grape, but the soils are different from the other part of Salento. Because here we have the soils are more drainant, have more stone. Uh, and uh, less clay and we have also some uh, little hills because we can achieve uh, 100 meters uh, above the sea level it's unusually for the Salento area and in this area we can make uh, red wine or roasted wine from Negramaro more fresh and more elegant, maybe uh, less uh, concentrated, with less alcohol compared to the other part of Salento, the North Salento, which we have the uh, Negramaro, how we know, because it is uh, the very very strong Negramaro with a lot of structures, to, uh, with a lot of tannins, with a lot of color. So we 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 can make from the, the North part of Salento uh, the some wines uh, more more structured. The particularity is that if we go. To north, uh, we arrived in the west coast, in the Primitivo's area. Province of Taranto, we have a Mandurias area, and in the west coast uh, we have the province. The east coast we have uh, the province of Brindisi, in which uh, we can find Susumaniello. That is another grapes Primitivo, you know.
0: Yes, and maybe can you explain, because some people might not know what Susumaniello is even like, so I bet, I would wager to say most everyone knows what Primitivo is, but can you explain a little bit what Susumaniello is like? Y-
2: yes, yes, I'm here for this reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh,
2: okay, now Primitivo, you know, everyone knows Primitivo. Primitivo is a very, very important uh, grapes and wines for Apulian wineries and uh, for Apulian people in general. Uh, Susumaniello is a minority because there is less Susumaniello than Primitivo and Negramaro, but, In the last 20 years, uh, it was uh, rediscovered from uh, some wineries uh, that believed in uh, these grapes, because uh, Sussumaniello means little donkey. The origin of the name was because the, the vines are able to maintain a very high quantity of grapes of bunches the problem was that uh, this quantity when you leave the vineyard of Susumaniello, produce uh, as possible it can Susumaniello, the grapes don't achieve the ripeness if the grapes don't achieve the ripeness it's a problem for the quality of, of the wine this is the reason because uh, in the past uh, Susumaniello was abandoned uh, because uh, it didn't have uh, value Nobody wanted to buy. But in the last 20 years, we understood that if you manage the vineyard in the right way, if you are able to maintain the yield lower than Susumaniello, the vineyard, it could, you can have very, very interesting results. And the wine are different from Negramaro and Primitivo because uh, have more color, specific uh, uh, spice, uh, spices, flavors, uh, has a good tannins, uh, and it's a very very interesting wine. You can do wonderful Susumaniello in the red version and the, in rosé version too.
0: It's really important though for people to note so. Like you said, everyone probably knows Negro Maro and knows Primitivo, and there are some really mm. beautiful expressions of these wines, especially, like I told you, I had your Pezza Morgano, Negromaro from Livelli. And, yes. Uh, but they're bigger wines. They're bigger, they're darker, they're richer. And I think Susi Maniela is a really beautiful example that Puglia, this place that is so hot, can produce wines that are really also Delicate and not, um, not you know, a little bit more uh, medium, medium on the scale, a little bit more dialed back.
2: I agree with you. Yes.
0: So I I agree with you. Important thing for everyone to know: there's such a diversity of, of styles of grapes and styles of wine in Puglia.
2: Yes, yes, it's true. This is one of our challenges for the future, in, in my opinion, because we have a lot of varieties all over in, in the region. We have to enhance our varieties and our territories, and making wines that the market could be appreciated. We have to make more drinkable wines. And in Apulia, we have also wonderful white grapes. If we continue our journey through the Apulia, we go to North of uh, Salento's area, we arrive in Valeditria, uh, that is another wonderful area in which we have uh, verdeca, We have uh, we, that is uh, uh, very important, white grapes. Uh, we have uh, minutolo. Here, the landscape is changed. The climate condition are very different from the Salento. If we enter in another region because uh, the... The, the climate is uh, almost uh, continental, no? Because in the winter, uh, very often it snows. In the summer, there is a, a very important thermal excursion between night and day, and it's a perfect territory for white grapes and uh, for making white wines. That's why it's a perfect area for white wines.
0: And maybe for anybody who doesn't know, can you give like just a brief description of what verdeca is like versus minutolo?
2: Yes. Uh, with pleasure <laughs> Verdeca, uh, Verdeca Verdeca is a typical Is maybe the most important white grapes for Apulia maybe also the most uh, popular grapes and the most popular wines also uh, outside of the Puglia. the most part of the customers of Verdeca are in Apulia Verdeca is a, an indigenous grape that comes from uh, Valeditria's area Valeditria is a hilly territory as a Karst soil, uh, very drained soil, uh, about 300 meters, 350 meters above sea level. We have a, a perfect condition for white grapes. The Verdeca and the Minucolo are the main grapes of this area. Verdeca is very, very fresh wines. Uh, it's able to arrive... Uh, to the ripeness with high level of acidity, that this is really important if we uh, want to make uh, an important white wine. And uh, that's why the Verdeca found uh, a perfect condition also in the Salento area, because Val- uh, Verdeca was born in Valeditria, in which uh, there is a perfect condition for it. It is able to maintain this uh, high level of acidity uh, during the ripeness. It's perfect also for the hot territory like uh, uh, Salento. Minutolo, instead, is an, an aromatic. Grapes In the past was called Piano uh, Minutolo, but uh, it was wrong because uh, uh, in the past they thought that the Minutolo was included in the big family of Piano, but uh, uh, it wasn't true. And when they noticed, that they decided to change the name because uh, Minutolo is aromatic, is an aromatic grape, is an aromatic variety, is included in the Moscato's family very, very aromatic uh, wines. It's very drinkable wine because uh, it has a lot of flavors, uh, uh, but in my opinion, uh, we have to uh, work to, to try to improve the knowledge of Minutolo because uh, Uh, In my opinion, it's a wine that can uh, age for a lot of years because uh, after some years in battle, uh, after some years in the steel tank, uh, it's able to become another wine, but very, very interesting wine. Uh, It has, uh, after some years of age, uh, less flavors, uh, less intensity, but uh, it's very, very interesting because uh, it becomes more complex.
1: Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And it
0: still has that fantastic acid that we all love in our (laughs) wines. Yes. But I think specifically, uh, you do make the wines for Livelli, um, which is a fantastic producer in Puglia. And what's really exciting is I know in the U.S. at least, it's pretty easy to find both Livelli Verdeca and Livelli Susumaniello. So if anybody Mm. is interested, at least in the United States, in finding these wines, trying these grapes, I know that they are available. And then hopefully also other parts of Europe and Asia, um, they're easy to find too. So I want to make sure we have time for a few more questions. But before we go on, can you talk a little bit about the Northern side of Puglia? Because I think that is really what people are not, have no idea that it could, it is what it is. Like up being Foggia and-
2: Costa Monte, Murgia. Yes, we continue our journey to the Puglia. If we continue to go to north, uh, we arrive in uh, Lower Murgia and in particular in uh, Gioia del Colle's area, in which uh, we have, uh, the village like uh, Acquaviva, Gioia del Colle, uh, Castano Murgia, that is a very important area for Primitivo. It's wonderful, this thing, because uh, we have uh, two incredible Different eras for the same grape. If you taste our primitive wines that come from uh, Gioia del Colle, you can taste the difference from the Manduria because uh, the grape achieved the ripeness one month later in Gioia del Colle. Here uh, we are about uh, 350 meters above sea level, and uh, in the Manduria area we are in plain. Uh, it's another, another uh, climate, it's another soils, uh, and they are two different wines. Also in the Joya del area, you can achieve a, a good concentration uh, in terms of alcohols, but generally you can find uh, in the wines of Joy Alcola less color, more acidity, and more freshness. It's uh, more vertical like wine. Then Manduria, in which we find the structure, full body and the power. They are two different wines. It's a very interesting thing. And can I then, ask
0: too, the, for Primitivo specifically, do you know is is it a specific clone that grows in Jo del Cole and a different clone that grows in Manduria or is it all the same?
2: in origin uh, was all the same because uh, it was a massive selection uh, it wasn't a clone now we are selecting uh, different clones from uh, the two areas. The main difference between the the two areas are the climate condition and the and the soils
0: It's considerably cooler also in you know, up in Castel
2: yes. del Monte, in Poggia. Yes. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. The next stop is Castel del Monte, is uh, murja Here we have a lot of varieties of grapes because uh, in Castel del Monte's area we begin to meet Nero di Troia, that is uh, another king of our region, but we find also uh, Bombino Bianco, Bombino Nero, And also uh, Alianico, Fiano, Greco, that are the other varieties that is not considered typical of Apulia, but in this area grows. In this area, they have been staying for centuries. Because Um, that area
0: also does border Campania, right?
2: Yes, yes, Campania, and also beside the, to Basilicata. It's a land uh, in which we have uh, close to other regions. We can have influence from the other regions. Aglianico also is a very, very uh, important grape for Basilicata, for the Vultures area. Nero di Troia. We begin to meet Nero di Troia in this area. The Nero di Troia arrives uh, uh, until the end of Apulia because uh, in uh, all the Daunia, we, we go to north and we go down from the hills. We come back in the plain in this area and that is a very, very big area. The, the Daunia, the Tavoliere, the, is all the province uh, of Foggia and the part of the north uh, of, uh, of Bari. And uh, the Nero di Troia in this area is... Uh, absolutely the most important grape i love nero di troia because it's another very very particular grapes because uh, it doesn't have a lot of color it has a, a good level of tannins uh, i don't like to compare the grapes but to give an idea you can compare it with um, gaglioppo for, okay, for yeah. or, or nebbiolo to mention uh, a very popular grape but it's, it's different obviously but we can
0: for a point of reference,
2: something something, can, in yeah. common, something in common something yeah. for apulian wine is a grape with less color but has. a a very important tannin and has a very important structure. It's perfect to make wine for aging and also to make Rose wine. Rose wine, a wonderful Rose wine in Apulia, uh, was made also from Bombino, from Negramaro, obviously, in the Salentos area. But we can make Rose wine from a lot of grapes in Apulia because we, we are lucky to have this uh, biodiversity. All of these grapes are very, very versatile.
0: This is a really for one region to have so many you know autochthonous grapes that it's still really producing in large quantities is pretty impressive. So I think that is something so special that Puglia does. I want yes. I want to make sure too we have this I think a really important thing I want to talk about is how viticulture and production has really evolved over the years. So can you tell me, you know, well first of all how is and production evolving over the time that you've been there, because you've been there in a period where it's really been shifting towards uh, some some really quality winemaking, and also how is it evolving with changing consumer preferences? So maybe consumers want less alcohol or less, less powerful wines. Mm.
2: Yes, the viticulture is changed and is still changing because the key word is sustainability, uh, like uh, everywhere. We know this. We have to work uh, in order to achieve this goal. It became the first important thing. When you work in viticulture, you have to consider this. You can't uh, think the quality of the grapes without consider sustainability. And in my opinion, sustainability doesn't uh, mean organic Uh, you can obtain a wonderful and sustainable wine from organic but you can make also a wonderful and sustainable wine from conventional if you work in this way and if you have the scientific knowledge because uh, the key in order to arrive at to achieve our goal is this. We have to continue to study, to increase our knowledge in order to uh, arrive to make wine in the best way possible in terms of sustainability. This is the key and everyone uh, is going in this direction. And I think that your second question was about the customers, okay. no? the market, yeah. the trend of the market, uh, that we are changing our style now. We noticed that uh, uh, in, in the past, uh, in Apulia, uh, we made very, very full bodied wine. Uh, it is part of uh, our uh, wine story, no? Because in the beginning, when in Apulia, people started to make wine, uh, the reason of the making wine was the, to sell this wine, like a bulk wine, to the northern region to improve the lighter wines of the other regions. The Apulian wines were born in this way. It needed to have structure, high concentration, high color. Now we notice that uh, we can make a wonder without arriving to have these uh, Undrinkable structure mm. mm-hmm. the market goes in this direction. The customers want these kind of wines now, no because also the kitchen is changed. The dishes of today doesn't need anymore to be paired with very structured wines, but it needed to fresher wine to drinkable wines, and uh, this is our challenge in my opinion, and uh, this is how how the uh, our style is changing uh, in these years
0: yes. Well, we have just three minutes left, so I want to. We're, we're going to have to wrap it up, but I want to talk really briefly in this three minutes about Puglia is having such a moment. Everybody suddenly is traveling to Puglia, and I think that is so fantastic. I want to see that continuing to happen, continuing to grow. But what do you think is the biggest challenge for Puglia at the moment? And you know, what is your hope for Puglia in the future?
2: For a Puglia in general, not for a Puglia uh, for, a, for a wine Puglia
0: no wine we'll we'll
2: talk about wine well, okay for wine our our most important challenge maybe is uh, to to continue in this road to have the ability to understand the market trend to show our region our territories through our uh, wines made in a right way in a contemporary way and we have to consider this because we have to make uh, more elegant wine than the past uh, more drinkable wine and this is our most important challenge i i'm sure about this for apulia in general apulia is a very very important uh region for the Italian tourism, uh, because uh, during the summer, during the spring, a lot of people can come here because uh, it's it's a wonderful land, because uh, you can find uh, everything here, uh, wonderful food, a wonderful sea, a wonderful waiter, a wonderful wine, so obviously. And, uh, and don't we, forget we, we,
0: wonderful people. Wonderful, wonderful people, people and too, people. yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we have to maintain uh, this charm we have to work to maintain this charm because uh, it's really important to to improve the popularity of the uh, region uh, all over in the world
0: yes i i want to just conclude by saying that i have been traveling to italy at, excuse me to puglia every year since 2015 and i have seen your journey in wine uh, and Puglian wine since 2015, going in the exact direction that you're talking about, and people really starting to pay. I think producers starting to pay close attention to this beautiful quality in their wines. And every year, I'm ex- excited to go back and try try the next iteration. So I yeah, I just couldn't be more excited for for Puglia in general. And I thank you so much for your your time and your knowledge and your also love and appreciation for this beautiful part of of Italy.
2: Thank you thank you very much it was uh, it was a privilege for me to be here with you today
1: Thanks everyone thanks Barbara and Marco for taking us to Puglia online <laughs> I hope I hope I, I hope to everyone Puglia. I hope
0: everyone goes and books a trip right now
1: <laughs> Exactly <laughs> thank you thank you so much and thank before you. I close up the room I just wanted to say that next week is our next clubhouse ambassadors corner it's going to be on Tuesday at 3.30pm it's actually Eric Schneider's birthday and he wants to do a clubhouse with Federico Ceretto so that's gonna be it and thanks everyone and good night thank you grazie all.
2: grazie ciao grazie a tutti. ciao ciao
1: wow. snap